Welcome to Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast for entrepreneurship practitioners. This episode features special guest host, Molly King, Head of Client Experience at Economic Impact Catalyst. Terry, welcome to the Breaking Down Barriers podcast. So excited to kind of have you join us. Um, we've gotten to follow along with the work that's been going on at the Allen B. LeVan NSU Broward Center of Innovation over the last several years. And I know that throughout that time you have served um, as the Assistant Executive Director of Administrative and Operations. And so you're kind of, you've worn, I've seen you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah. um, so wanted to start just by letting you introduce yourself to our audience and kind of what your role has been. And then we'll kind of talk a little bit more about the center. Perfect. Well, thank you. First, I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of uh, this podcast. So thank you for having me. Uh, so as you said, my official title is Assistant Executive Director of Administration and Operations. What that means is I do a little bit of everything and make sure that, that we are in operational and that we are running uh, forward as we're supposed to. I am also overseeing our emerging technology initiatives, so mm -hmm. cybersecurity, spatial computing, AI, machine learning. Um, and I was, as far as history and the roles I've had, uh, I was a second employee hired for the center. And um, so that meant we everything that needed to get done got done, and no matter what. Um, I, for the first two years, there was only three of us um, doing all the research, uh, finding out what were the best practices out there in the world, what were people doing that worked, what didn't work, and then building our model around that. Uh, so sometimes it was talking about programs, sometimes it was talking about cybersecurity, sometimes it was budget and finance. So a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, and I know that in our um, our first season of Breaking Down Barriers, we spoke with um, John as he kind of was laying some of the vision and the groundwork, and this was all starting. Mm -hmm. um, and so would love to kind of just hear, I know that was kind of at the beginning of um, when everything had to start pivoting for COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd love to just kind of hear, you know, where the vision started and how it might have flipped over on its head and where we are now, because <laughs> we're sitting in the center. We're sitting in um, your media studio here recording the podcast, and there's a flurry of activity on the other side of the door. There's events going on. There's workshops yes. going on. There's <laughs> all sorts of things. And so kind of, if you can give me the, the big picture in however much time. <laughs> Uh, so the fun part is that we were actually building during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So uh, John, uh, our chief innovation officer, was the first person to get hired. And he, got, he was hired December of 2019. I joined May of 2020, right in the midst of it. So that, was, that alone was fun because, you know, most people were still trying to figure out what we were doing. And, and I'm here switching jobs and, uh, to right. a new adventure that nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, so there was a lot of uncertainty, but best decision ever. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, th there were a lot of pros and cons in building during the pandemic. Uh, from a construction perspective, it actually worked out because uh, we, unheard of, uh, were able to build on time and on budget, which is not the norm <laughs> for construction. Um, there were a few little things at the end you know, for supply chain issues, but for the most part. So I think um, there were a lot of benefits to that. We did launch our programming virtually because of the pandemic. So. It, the the hit actually was after the fact. Um, you know, when we were ready to open our doors, um, the second and the third waves of COVID came in, mm -hmm. which is the Delta and the Omicron, and that's where we had to delay opening our doors. Mm -hmm. So that's the only challenge related to the pandemic itself that yeah. we had. 
Um, with that said, we've come a long way, and, and along that path, the vision continues to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was all about how are we going to help economic development in the region, how are we going to support entrepreneurs like they haven't been supported before, and then now it's, okay, how do we also take this model globally? Mm -hmm. um, so that's our, where we've grown the vision to. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's been so cool just to to see that and to see it coming together and to see, you know, I I remember when I first started hearing about what you guys were doing, it was it was so out of the box and I was like, well, I guess it could work. I mean, <laughs> I could see why, you know, but it just it was so far out of outside of my mind. And then actually to be here and see it, you know, actually, you know, real companies who are benefiting from mm -hmm. the resources, the the opportunities, the connections that they're making. Um, and, and they're growing, they're coming up with new ideas, they're innovating so quickly, as, as you guys are. Um, so if you could just um, maybe give kind of a, a, a quick overview of what the center is mm -hmm. um, and, and what it offers to the, the community. Sure. So we are a public-private partnership between Nova Southeastern University and Broward County. And that's important because we are based on a university campus, uh, but that we are not an academic innovation center. So that's a hurdle of its own because most people automatically assume, and that's not the case. We're here to help the community at large uh, with not only local and regional impact, but national and international as well. Um, we have three themes, innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship, and our four core programs, um, which are ideate, incubate, accelerate, and post-accelerate. It's a lot to remember, so in short, we call it the founder's journey. And it's one of the things that makes us unique is we help an entrepreneur at every stage of that journey, mm -hmm. uh, from birth of an idea through global expansion, IPO, exit, whatever that end goal is and everything in between. Um, understanding that not everybody fits neatly into one of our programs, we also assist our entrepreneurs through our membership programs. So we have eight different membership options that fit the needs of any stage that you're in. Um, and as a member, you're not just accessing our space for co-working, you're accessing the resources as well. So we're helping you through mentorship, we're helping you through wraparound service providers, we're, you know, all of that. Um, and then there's the cool gadgets aspect. Um, the reality is our niche, we're industry agnostic, but we do have a niche which is that high growth, high scalability component. So. Mm -hmm. Um, for those that are looking to start a small business and stay small, we usually refer them to other resources in the community that can help them. Um, we're looking for the growth. And, and what that means is that it ends up being that most of the companies we're helping are either tech-enabled or tech-focused. Mm -hmm. uh, so we want to provide resources to that extent as well, uh, which is why we have our military-grade cybersecurity range. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not only providing training for, for for individuals and the talent needs for our entrepreneurs and the companies that we serve, but also for those companies to be able to use it as a mock security operations center to test their technologies, mm -hmm. make sure that their cybersecurity is as strong as it can be in the time, um, and that their teams are up to par as well. Mm -hmm. And then we have our, our technology maker space, <laughs> uh, again, a place for our entrepreneurs to test what they're building. So it's, you know, it's our robots, it's humanoid robots, it's autonomous robots, it's manufacturing robots, 3D printers, 3D scanners, AR and VR headsets, drones, and now we're building our artificial intelligence labs, mm -hmm. um, where if one of our labs is going to be focused on digital cities and how can our local government access resources that already exist to become better smart cities and digital cities, and also for our entrepreneurs to continue to build resources 
for that sector. Yeah. Um, and then we also are, so I said we were industry agnostic, but there's such a huge opportunity with space that we're taking those mm -hmm. same four core programs, creating a subsection, we call it level five space dock. Uh, and that is all around space entrepreneurship, above and beyond shuttles and astronauts. It's agriculture, it's health, it's apparel, it's data science. There's so much going on in the space sector. Mm -hmm. And although companies may not be building specifically for space, there's a lot of applications that could be in space. And mm -hmm. we're going to be raising awareness around that too. Yes, so we're launching it off with our South Florida Space Day. First launching ever. it off. <laughs> uh, again, raising awareness of the opportunities and then announcing the big launch of our programs. Yeah. Yes. That is that is so exciting. When I heard when I heard you guys talking about that yesterday, I thought, what what you know, it's the last frontier, yes. right? Like <laughs> after this, what are they going to take on? And I'm sure there will be something, and I'm excited to see to see what it is. Um, We're so, going into the digital world. That's what's next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a whole another a whole another layer to that. Yes. Um, so in kind of thinking about. The innovation sector is is probably one of the the ones that you know uh, someone who has a dream mm -hmm. feels is the most hard to break into or the most intimidating. You know, if I have a dream of making a wonderful cookie, I can. I already have a kitchen. I already have sugar and flour. I can make a wonderful cookie, and I can you know sell that, and then I can grow that cookie mm -hmm. business. But if I started dreaming about building a robot. I, it wouldn't go past that. I would think, well, I don't, I don't even know what kind of plastic or what kind of, you know, programming or any of that. Like, I don't even know where to start. So you guys are creating a space where those dreams actually have a path and and the the connections mm -hmm. needed. And so, um, from from what I have seen, that has really helped kind of. Um, Break down some some walls and kind of maybe what would have been like the traditional challenges for um, minority founders and um, kind of non traditional founders to to come into this industry. How are you guys seeing that play out, mm -hmm. especially now that the space is open, but through your programs, things like that? Well, uh, one of our biggest missions has always been to reduce as many barriers of access um, mm -hmm. across all boards for entrepreneurship, technology, talent, the whole the whole thing. So. Our, our entrepreneurial programs are free to the founder, so that's one way of doing that. Um, the other piece is that in our application process, we do give bonus points to certain demographics, so zip codes that are low socioeconomic communities, uh, you know, the minority aspect, females, uh, things of that nature. Um, so it's not that we're looking ex or excluding anybody from any category; it's just prioritizing. Mm -hmm. So if you know. Um, and then with the technology aspect, it's, it's really raising awareness. So everybody's talking about the diverse, the lack of diversity in the tech talent. Um, but a big, and we're trying to get people hired, but I, and this is a, a personal opinion, but a lot of it has to do with even awareness of the opportunities that exist. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, somebody from a low socioeconomic community may not even know that there is a career path in augmented reality. Mm -hmm. That's just a headset that rich people get. You know what I mean? Like that has nothing, they may not even know that it exists. Mm -hmm. So part of what we're trying to do is raising the awareness of the opportunities mm -hmm. because then that's where the interests come in and then that's what we can truly open up doors. Um, so we're working with nonprofits, we're working with grants to trying to provide the training, the workshops, just again, 101. Just the, hey, did you know about this? Are you aware? Um, and trying to gain interest and then working with 
public school systems and, and some of the local high schools too of just, hey, bring the schools and, and just let them see what is out there. How do we work with those communities? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then using grants to help offset the cost of putting the trainings. Right. So okay. we can reduce the cost of training too because getting a, a, some type of training in spatial computing could be thousands of dollars. Right. Yeah, so how do we write grants and, and find supporters and corporate sponsors that can help offset the cost? So again, reducing that barrier as much as we can. It's not always as, as beautiful as I'm painting the picture. Sometimes it is what it is and, and we don't have the resources and we, and you know, and so we try to work around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you found that there are a lot of organizations that, that would, would want to help push this forward and, and just don't have someone like you who says, well, here's how, like here's, let me guide you through this process. I think we're all, as a community, still trying to figure it out. And yeah. what, what's the best practice, quote unquote, right? Um, and, and we're doing the best that we can. And there's a lot of interest uh, from the community. And, and with that, as long as we work together, we will achieve it. And that's a lot of what we're trying to do. We say we're a large collision station mm-hmm. for that, is bringing together, if it's government, government is interested in making sure their, their citizens have economic mobility. So how do we get them involved? How do you get the corporates who are looking for the talent but can't find the ones that have the hands-on experience? Mm-hmm. How do we get them involved? And then, of course, you have academia and then the funders and the entrepreneurs. So um, it, we got to bring everybody to the table. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that you kind of y'all are th- still thinking that way. In, in John's, um, what he shared in our earlier podcast, he talked about the importance of, you know, to, to create an, an, a very equitable ecosystem. There has mm-hmm. to be kind of education in the community around even what the definition of innovation and entrepreneurship is and around how to do that, um, you know, to get everyone speaking the same language and then, and then caring about how to do that equitably. Um, and I know that you guys have done a lot of outreach on, um, I, 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 people talk to me and and they hear about you in every different way you could hear about something. Um, and so, you know, it's on NPR and in this town way over here, or, you know, they, they read about you guys or, you know, they met up with you guys at Emerge Americas or something like that. So kind of as you guys have been trying to, to share this vision with other communities, what have you found um, to really resonate with other communities, or what have you found that we we could we could help people understand more? That's a hard question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think our secret sauce, if you will, is is that mentality. It's mm-hmm. the fact that it's not one organization that can make everything work. Mm-hmm. It, it's not one entity, and and. Breaking down the silos has been a huge component of what we're trying to do. Um, we have to bring the different groups to the table. Mm-hmm. It's it's other municipalities, it's other you know regional efforts. It's it's you know and like I said, the different groups. It's the government, the industry, the academia, the founders, the investors. It, they all have to be involved. Um, and what we saw early on while we did our quote unquote listening tour was there was a lot of good work happening, but because it's siloed. You can only get so much. Mm-hmm. One organization can can be doing a lot, but they're going to be spread out thin, and it's going to be overworked. So instead of competing with the next organization, how do we collaborate and and supplement the work? Right? There's going to be some overlap because it's there, but that's fine. There's plenty of people that we can help. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we each find our way to do it together? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a lot of. You know, we've we've already accomplished some of that where we've yeah. brought different organizations here and, and they're starting to have those conversations. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're starting to move the needle slowly, but it's it's working. And I think that's the, that's the biggest piece that 
is helping us move and, and make the impact so quickly that we've made. Mm -hmm. Did this is I'm just really curious about this since you guys have opened and been able to have people in the space versus trying to have those conversations maybe virtually mm -hmm. has that helped move that a little faster or I think so okay yeah, I think the in-person component at the end of the day that there's organic conversations that happen that would can't happen on zoom yeah you know what I mean like um you know our our members are talking about it like hey I, I saw so and so and I started talking to them and he helped me see this that I wasn't looking at or mm -hmm. or so or whatever um, same thing with just having multiple events going on like you mentioned today we have yeah. you know a couple things going on at the same time and then people are walking to the restroom or they're walking to get the coffee and they're like oh what are you here for what are you here for and then there's a conversation yeah so that you can't get virtually yeah yeah <laughs> I was asked today if I was here for the law enforcement law enforcement symposium yes. and I thought definitely not <laughs> <laughs> you just never know these days you never right? really know um, yeah, no, I was just saying to that point, we had, for example, yesterday, three completely different events going on. Mm -hmm. um, and that's an example of people coming together under one roof that wouldn't be together uh, right. in other circumstance, right? So we had a group of students that were here doing a student-related event, but then we had our pitch night and mm -hmm. that you were here for um, that had different groups of people within it. But then we had another group from Broward County that was, it was more of a small business uh, group of people. Mm -hmm. So different people, but, you know, people ended up making connections and talking and things came out of it that you wouldn't have thought, so. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you guys do have, you know, be, because you are a partnership with the university, there's student workers, you know, mm -hmm. how, how have you seen that, that relationship be really valuable for the students at the university? Again, exposure. Yeah. Right. So we have a, a student ambassador program, mm -hmm. and through that program, the students serve as our um, front desk uh, clerks, I guess. I don't know. They're ambassadors, so they get to, you know, advocate on behalf. Um, but they also help us with tours. They help us with events. And a lot of them have entrepreneur aspirations. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they're still in school, know what they want, and they're already being connected to the ecosystem, they're getting to see things very early on. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, they're getting mentorship. They're getting, and again, the exposure piece to the entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, we have corporate partners that are in-house as well. Mm -hmm. um, so they get to talk. You know, I know one of them got an internship over the summer with one of the big corps that's here because of the relationship that they created by being here. Right. That would have happened, you know, a regular resume and that's it right. wouldn't have occurred. Um, so with that said, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done internally with the NSU community. We've been very focused on the external aspect of mm -hmm. things and, and letting the community know we're here. Mm -hmm. um, we're starting to work a little bit harder on how do we get more students and more faculty involved and, and understand what, it, what this resource is for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that we've... Um, We've talked with a lot of people over the years about, and, and really I've seen to be either a pain point or like a, a secret to success, is the team that you assemble around a goal like this. Um, and especially I think in the entrepreneurship world and especially in like the entrepreneurship support world, I mean, like my mom doesn't understand what I do. You know, like you can't explain this to someone and then be like, oh yeah, yeah, I went to school for that. No oh. one, no one really went to school for this. And so you have an incredible team, um, and I've gotten to work with so many of them, and they each, you know, really, really care about the, the piece that they have. What does it look like to build a team um, from the ground up, and what, it, what are some of the things you've, you've looked for or kind of helped to cultivate in your team? 
I'll say at first it was scary. Okay. I, you know, when it, for the fact that we were three for two, three people for two years, when it was time to start building the team, we're like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. it changes the dynamic. It, it, you know, you don't know what's gonna come in the door, and, and you you do the best that you can. And I'm extremely grateful that you're right. We have a phenomenal team, and and I think the big underlying aspect is that we're all very passionate about the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. We we drank the Kool Aid, if you will, um, and and I think that helps because it gives us that extra above and beyond piece that is required um, we're a startup helping startups so mm-hmm. we still ha- we, you know we still have a little bit of that mentality as well that it's like it's, it's whatever it takes you yeah. know it's it's not well this is not in my jo- job description or this is how we've always done it so this is how we continue there is none of that right um, so I think that's helped in, in creating that culture for our team mm-hmm. um, but yes a lot of what we look for more than skills is that passion it's that that understanding, that entrepreneur um, ecosystem and, and the drive and the energy that it takes to be in an entrepreneurship initiative. Yeah. Um, and, and not everybody came from entrepreneurship backgrounds in mm-hmm. our team. Not everybody understood the terminology of, you know, the, the VCs and, and early stage and what that entails. But everybody has been able to learn and, and like I said, drink the Kool-Aid and understand it. And I think that's where we're getting the buy-in. Mm-hmm. And, and the other piece I think is, is very important is John's leadership. Mm-hmm. John is very much about empowering the staff. It's like you're empowered with your unit and your area. You run it like your own small business within the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that helps with that piece too because you, ha- you have that ownership over your over your responsibilities, mm-hmm. um, we don't. We're not micromanaged. It's not you know. He's like, I just get it done and prove and get your ROI. Um, you know, at the end of the day, your P and L, your your profit and loss type of thing for those that have because we do have different revenue streams. So for that, that that's important too. But just overall, having that ownership is going to get you people that are dedicated and and that mm-hmm. care about what they're doing. It's not just a task check off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that that's, that's a really important piece. I think sometimes we come into it looking for, okay, well, we need someone with a financial background or, you know, yeah. um, the, an entrepreneurship background or a business development background. And sometimes having something that's totally fresh, that's like, well, I have these skills. Let me try it in this, yeah. in this world um, can really be um, just a great opportunity. And so, um, yeah, I love, I love kind of how you're, you're talking about that. Um, so I, I know that um, one of the things you guys have, have started having available for your members is these wraparound services that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little about what, what those services are and kind of why you guys saw the need to bring these for, for your members. So again, part of what we discovered during our early listening tour was uh, trying to be more of a one-stop shop, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, traditionally an entrepreneur who needs something you know, they may go to an incubator and then it's like, well, I need an attorney. And now how do I go find that person? Mm-hmm. Or I need it now. I need to market. Who do I talk to and so forth? So um, we decided, like I said, to become a one stop shop. And, and maybe it's not directly with us. Maybe it's through our network. But and in that process, we came up with the wraparound services and saying, OK, well, how do we make those services available here? So what mm-hmm. we're doing and we've done and continue to do is identify five to six service providers. And they may be individuals, they may be you know, national and international firms. We have a, little, a variety because everybody has different needs. Um, but it's your legal, it's your marketing, it's your accounting and finance, it's your HR, it's your technology. Because some of our entrepreneurs um, have great ideas, but they're not technical in nature. They're not techie, so they need a technical 
co-founder or, or at least the services, and then self-care management, which was huge for us. Self-care yeah. management is in, in growth into everything that we do. Um, so, and then once we have identified them, they come and they conduct office hours. Okay. Um, and usually they're providing guidance and answering questions for free. Um, what we ask of these service providers is twofold. One is that they have to start at little to no cost and then grow alongside that company. Um, and then the second part is that they have to be involved in the Levant Center in other ways. A lot okay. of what we're doing is the community building aspect. Mm -hmm. um, so our, our wraparound services are not just here to pick up a client. They are serving as mentors. They're serving as facilitators. They're putting on workshops. They're doing other things above and beyond the office hours. Mm -hmm. um, and we do that across the board. Our members is the same thing. If our corporate members are here, it's, it's usually their innovation and technology teams that are represented, but they're also involved in other ways. Those same companies are serving as mentors, serving as facilitators, they're putting on workshops, they're doing other things. We don't want people to just come use the space and leave. Right, yeah. right. Um, and that also kind of speaks to them having a sense of ownership in, yes. in making this work really well. Tell me more about um, how you guys are focusing on self-care management for, you know, I, I see a lot of times we're focusing on that for our teams, yes. but how do we, how are you guys focusing on that for members and, and you know, other businesses that are located here? Well, besides having self-care management right. service providers, we're also putting on uh, monthly wellness uh, workshops, if you will, and they're yeah. different things. Okay. You know, one day may be a yoga, some another day may be how to how to stay mindful during the entrepreneurship journey, which, you know, it, just that journey alone is very lonesome. It feels that way. It can be <laughs> yeah. very dark sometimes. Uh, so having, again, the community aspect, because mm -hmm. somewhere to go to, knowing that there's other people in the same journey alongside you, um, having almost like that group, your that... I don't, I don't want to say group therapy, but like sort of, right? So a place you can go and vent. Um, we also have our leisure. So sometimes it's very stressful. You know, I got to get your mind off. We have our leisure furniture, which is our pool table and our Jenga and just having that. Um, so we do have monthly events for our members as well right. as another component of that. Because self-care management can mean a lot of things. Right. right. People automatically think therapy and, and yoga, and that's the end of that. Right. And so there's the different... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's very important. My background is in mental health counseling, which is part of the reason this was in here. But, um, and just because we've all, you know, John's been through the entrepreneurship journey, and he knows what it takes too. So, um it, we've made sure that there's different ways to address that. Right? Yeah. So it's it's the social aspect, it's the community building, it's the, so you're not feeling alone. It's the mindfulness aspect. So we do have mindfulness coaches as well, um, and yeah. And then we continue to build because you never know. Tomorrow we may need to create something new. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I think especially in thinking about bringing, um, you know, maybe entrepreneurs from non-traditional, you know, communities where where we're they might be the only entrepreneur or especially maybe the only tech entrepreneur yeah. in, in their family or, you know, in, in their community. They don't have someone else to go to and say, this is just crazy. Like how, you know, what yeah. are we doing here? You know, they need a community where they can say that and yes. someone else can be like, yes, I understand. Here's what I do. Yeah. Um, and they can learn from, from each other. Um, and so I, I love that, that focus. Um, and so, you guys, you know, you have this amazing space. You have, you know, the, the, the beauty of South Florida. I mean, you've got all these great things. Um, what would we, you know, I've had other communities reach out to me and say, hey, do you guys know NSU? You know, how do, how do they do it? Um, it's amazing. And <laughs> I love to know that people are asking about us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, we're still a best-kept secret. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're doing our best to change that. I love that. Uh, Thank but you. what are some of the things that, you know, you would – there's other communities that are looking at, you know, maybe 
trying to start an innovation center, trying to start a makerspace, trying to just even open the tech conversation in their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be, you know, encouragements to those kind of lone wolves who were saying, can we do it here? You know, can yes. we do it over here? What is it? How do, is it worth it? Is it all of that? Yeah. So yes, it's worth it. Okay. I, I'd say yes all the time. Um, and I think if that's what you're thinking, um, make sure you're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it to check off a box because right. it's not easy. What we've done and what we've accomplished in such a short amount of time took a lot of sacrifice, took a lot of work. It's a lot of long hours, a lot mm-hmm. of no sleeping, a lot of, you know, we missed a few holidays along the way. Um, and, and so it, although it's all fun right now and, and still stressful and all that, it, it did take a lot to get yeah. here. Um, so if you're going to do it, you got to know that. And I think that's the same for any entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Any industry, you know, entrepreneurship, those first few years, it's, it's, that's all you're thinking about. And, and that's how it was for us being a startup. Um, with that said, I do think it's worth it. And, 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 you know, technology, whether we like it or not, is in, it's, it's part of our community. Mm-hmm. It's part of everything that we do. And like I said earlier, it's either tech enabled or tech focused. There's some component that's going to involve technology. So I do think that every community should find ways of how do we make it accessible? Mm-hmm. How do we raise awareness about the opportunities that exist with it, within it and make it, you know, um, make it part of the conversation and, and let's not ignore it. There are some bads and there's some goods. So how do we make the best of it? Yeah. I, I think uh-huh. I, was, I don't know if I answered all the no, questions. No, I, I, I think you did, and I think I think that's exactly right. I think that you know, even just saying like this is something that that communities need to be thinking about yeah. is is you know, we there are communities who who aren't thinking about it, and or 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 you know, doing what I do a lot of times when it comes to technology. Eventually, I'll figure that out, but I just can't think about it right now. And yes. I just you know, and I and I work in technology, yeah, um, <laughs> and so um, I kind of shove it to the back of my brain, and so I I love you know you guys and, and the way that you're trying to bring this to the forefront mm-hmm. because it is such a powerful vehicle for change. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's here. Like yes. this is this is our life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a really big deal when the grocery store first got self-checkout. Yes. And we've come so far since then, you know. <laughs> and so um, the way you guys are seeing that and, and really seizing it as an opportunity is is just so exciting. And I, um, you know, and you, you kind of seized that opportunity and yes. now you're going to space. So yes. <laughs> you keep, keep on going. Um, kind of as we wrap up, so I want to hear what have been, you know, some of your proudest moments, some of the things that you, when you got there, you were like, yes, we did it, you know. Uh, definitely our grand opening. Mm-hmm. So we had our formal grand opening back April 27th. And I think that was the first manifestation of like the reality of hitting me, you know, um, you know, we had over 400, maybe 500 people here yeah. um, and representation from all over, you know, and not only locally, but, you know, yeah. national representation that came, people who were like, I want to see this. And I was like, we, we made this, like we've built this. Um, so that, that was a huge moment. Um, and then recently we were creating a report for our board of governors of the impact of what have we done so far? Because, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's part of what you do, right, when you have a board of governors. Um, but, and then putting that data together and seeing the, the numbers to me, because I'm a data geek, um, so I'd like to see that, and seeing how in such a short amount of time we've already helped over 65 startups who've created over 60 jobs 
um, who've raised over hundreds and thousands of dollars. You know, I think um, in funds raised, it was like close to a million dollars. In revenue generated, it was like about two, three hundred thousand dollars. And you know, considering we had only launched our ID and incubate, those mm -hmm. are pretty good numbers. Yeah. Um, we're just now today launching Accelerate, mm -hmm. um, which is more of that established company that is looking to grow. So. Um, yeah, so I mean, th that's another piece for me of seeing, okay, look look how much we've helped already. Mm -hmm. um, and then seeing we've had, I think it's over 120 events already that have been hosted here. You know, over 5,000 people have come through these doors. Mm -hmm. You know, those are big numbers for a, a new establishment, yeah. right? So um, those are all things that, and to this day, there's still times that I'm like, I can't believe we did this. I'm like, I can't believe we're here. Yeah. And then you are. Yeah. So I, and then now we have Space Day and Innovation Day coming, right, which are yeah. huge. And yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's it really is so exciting, and I really just want to commend um, the work you guys are doing. Because when we started working, guys, when you when you were that three person team, mm -hmm. and I I saw you doing so much work. Mm -hmm. I, I I didn't see you you know missing the holidays, but I <laughs> I, I saw you doing all the work that that you know um, testified to that, and you know just. I feel like you guys were you were you were and are operating as a startup. You were trying new things. You were saying, mm -hmm. "Let's see if it works. Let's let's you know, let's try this. Let's aim this way. Let's see what we you know what we can do." And you were moving fast, and it was just really really impressive to see that. And then to actually come and be in the space and to be here for the grand opening and just see that vision come come to fruition and meet the businesses. Um, who are being impacted from it. So like the pitch that I got to attend last night, yes. it was, you know, it was for diverse entrepreneurs and yes. these this range of businesses that no two were alike. And they each had this reason that really mattered and they had come to you guys and been able to put something together to really fuel that and move it forward and get access to the people and the training and the the connections they needed. And so it was just so cool to see that thing that we, you know, you guys were like, what, maybe if we bring all these things together, it could help a business move forward. And here's these businesses where you brought all those things together and they moved forward. And um, it's just, it really is amazing and um, really exciting to to see what what has happened here. And um I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm afraid to not look for too long. Like if, if I, if I look away for too long when I come back, it's going to be so different. It's going to have grown so much more yes. and I don't want to miss anything. I just need to, need to stay here. Um, so yes. yeah. And I'll say, I think a lot of that has to do with the, the not having fear in, in failing, right? We're going to try yeah. things and, and staying innovative and, and fail fast kind of mentality has helped too. And I say, you know, to your earlier question, I, I think that's another piece of advice that I, I, I would give to somebody who's thinking about creating an innovation center or bringing technology community together. Um, just know that not everything's going to work and mm -hmm. that's okay. And, and you just keep moving and find what does. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thank mm -hmm. you. Thanks for letting us be a part of this ride, of and thanks course. for sharing sharing all of this you know this story with us. Oh, um, and thanks for the work that you guys are doing. You know, thank you're you. you're on the ground um, doing things that us from a distance you know can look at it and say it would be great if that could happen, and then there you are doing it. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you, and I, uh, thank you for having me, and thank you to to the entire team because you guys have been a huge a huge component of that. Uh, I know that there were a lot of early conversations of us like, hey, how, what if we could do this with the software? What if we could do that? And that was a huge help too for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, thank thanks. you.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast about entrepreneurship-led economic development. Special thanks to our renowned guests for joining us. You can find show notes, more episodes, send us ideas, and subscribe to our newsletter on our website, economicimpactcatalyst.com. Breaking Down Barriers is a presentation of Economic Impact Catalyst and is edited by Lauren Bernard. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Breaking Down Barriers, available for free wherever you listen to your podcasts.